There will be banter is back with the lovable gun-toting liberal after a brief hiatus, Veronica Lopez. How are you, madam? Most excellent, as always. As she is currently imbibing on some sort of beverage, looks like a lot like what? Moonshine Moonshine margarita. That sounds healthy. All right. I like it. It's Thursday. (laughs) It's It's cheap day. Um, And then we have the average civilian reporter, as you know, Christina Wong. How are you, madam? It was decent before. What is it? It was decent before. Well, now, now you've, you've slid down a few pegs. <laughs> How did you get demoted? What happened since I've been gone? I mean, it's it's a rough time of year. You know, you gotta. We're coming up on a. You gotta re-earn it all. Life, life comes life comes at you fast. It really does. It really does. And uh, unfortunately, this week we are sans the CIA retired CIA spook. Ron Moeller, but Christina has uh, proof of life that he is okay and he is there. Now, the pheasants, or peasants, however you want to go with it, they are not okay, as you can see. Ron (laughs) has already uh, taken their lives, and I'm sure we'll do whatever it is hill folk in the South Dakota Black Hills do with those things. Uh, But that's where we're at. So, And then uh, myself, of course, the bourbon snob, as you can see behind me, the finest in all the land of bourbon, and I will imbibe. As my daughter looks at me disapprovingly, and she's about just to walk keep behind drinking. us in three, as she bonks me on the head. First day Hi. back at high school, by the way, today. Yay. Officially Hi. back on campus. She gave it a five out of 10. They said they had like plastic screens in the classrooms to separate the teachers from the students. So I told her a five out of 10 is failing, which I don't know if, I feel like it was a success. She didn't die, so that's good. No? Yeah. <laughs> But that's where we are. So, yes, uh, we're, we're, a little high, we're a little fired up this, this evening. I am. But it's time for some Debbie Downer action um, because it is a very important topic and it is brought up. Uh, we were supposed to get into it a few weeks ago, but we'll finally do this now. Uh, but it, it, it kind of takes into account the effect of all the ep- economic shutdown, obviously. But due to the coronavirus, um, obviously every state's different. I'm in California. Things here are depending on what county you're in, are, are very interesting. Now, Napa County, where I live, she's obviously able to go to school as of this today. Um, things, are, things are trending in the good path. You know, restaurants are starting to have space open, available again inside. Uh, but where I work is going the opposite direction, and they are on the verge of completely shutting down again. So uh, obviously, California is very different from where Veronica is. Um, Christine, I don't know. I meant to ask you because uh, I've seen enough pictures over the, the weeks. But before we get into the actual topic of the, the suicides and substance abuse and potentially domestic abuse amongst women and children, what how has it been in D.C. where you are? Because it's been returning to normal. I think okay. we are in phase two or three. And so, um, you know, on the weekends, you see more people coming out and, and DC has done this, at least the part where I live, um, it's called Ward 2, and I think there's like six or seven wards, but, but so in Ward 2, a lot of these restaurants have um, offered street seating, and it's actually kind of yeah. cool. It's, it's very, yeah. looks very, you know, European, you're sitting outdoors in right. this nice cafe and a lot of street converted and so 
that's been kind of nice, but of course the weather has allowed it. But um, exactly. I mean, the only thing that is different is that uh, there's like a limit on how many people can be in the gym or how many limit, yeah. how many people can be in the store. But, you know, people are going back shopping and, and all that stuff. But everybody's wearing a mask. That's Just the not, bottom line, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Sorry to be a donor, but things are looking better here in no, DC, I mean, but, trust me, I, I, yeah. I, I am curious as how it would be in the, the land of our betters, if you will. Um, but no, I think what you pointed out, Napa has been pretty adaptive with the, the outdoor seating. And I don't know if I already mentioned it on this or not, but uh, in downtown, you know, they've blocked off an entire street for some of the restaurants to just completely take over that street and put tables and things like that for them to kind of maximize what they couldn't put indoors. But again, like you said, that's been allowed, especially here, because as you know, in the Bay area, it doesn't rain for six months out of the year, but you know, we're coming up on that season where the weather's not going to be as forgiving, but uh, Veronica and you are in North Carolina. And I think you said it's been business as usual for the most part, right? Yeah. So, I mean, we have a lot of, I'm not going to name names, right? Because I'm, <laughs> what is what it is. But like, you know, we've had a lot of businesses that kind of remained open, even though they technically weren't supposed to because of the whole economic ramifications, right? Like they yeah. just couldn't afford to stay closed. Right. Some people were like, hey, it's it's cheaper for me to take the fine of being open ah, than it oh. is for me to close. Yeah, so, um, Interesting. so a lot of that. But I, I think the biggest thing has been... Um, like the feeling of isolation here. And that's mm -hmm. probably the biggest thing. Cause you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a military community. I, I work yeah. uh, for those of you guys, that don't know. I, I work on Fort Bragg as a contractor now, um, still in the, in a, you know, in a military reserve capacity as well. But, you know, I, I, I'm around soldiers all day long and it's been sort of weird because we up until recently, we weren't really doing hundred percent manning. We're still kind of on like sort of odd shift work. Yeah. Um, but, you know, for there were several months there where we were all working from home. All of our meetings were over Zoom and really our only like human contact was when you were leaving your house and going to the grocery store. So it's um, it's been kind of weird, I guess, is just adapting to like the changes of of the you know the the new the new normal, as they keep saying. I refuse. Um, nope, I will not accept that. Yeah, I'd, and I. I think for me, like I'm lucky because I have roommates, right? So like I yeah. wasn't completely isolated, um, you know, but I have a lot of buddies that are, you know, either divorced, going through yeah. a divorce, yeah. living on their own. And this really affected them in a really, really bad way. So you just well, that kind of, yeah, that kind of leads into what we're going to talk about. But before we get into that aspect of it, so let's touch on the uh some of the stories you shared is like they're they're seeing a spike not only in um suicides but specifically the mental or specifically military veterans and, and suicide amongst them and from what i've i ascertained from the articles you sent that it's already up from this period in time of last year 30 percent um, and the only thing before, you know, you guys comment on that, my, my thing, one of the articles you sent, Veronica, was that uh, senior leaders are looking to combat this with shortened tours. 
I don't know. How about maybe, you know, God, we got to kind of watch what I say I, here. But how can that's, can someone say it? I mean, can we just, how about we just don't have the tours to begin with? How about that? Right. I'm just saying. Or I, I, I have so many issues with like the way that the military handles mental, mental health. health. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, and, you know, they, they, I think that over the last, 10 years I've seen yeah. a lot more effort in trying to normalize right behavioral health right but when, yeah, I came treatment, in, was, like, when I came in it was still like if you ever go yeah that's they're gonna get rid of you like they're not there's no toleration of it right right and that's that was a huge thing and there's still that 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 fear that stigma yeah. um you know, and I, I think that people just assume like, oh, if you have some sort of behavioral disorder, like you're a crazy person. Right. And what people don't realize is that we're so used to the high op tempo of being in a military or like, you know, this fast paced reactive environment that normalizing that type of stress and that carrying over to like your home life is a form of anxiety. You know, when you go home, from a deployment and you don't feel like your wife and your children or your husband and your 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 significant other understand you as a person you feel like kind of isolated that is a form of depression right it's a sense of loss yeah and i think it's really hard to you know and especially because like i see it a lot more with military men like a lot of my buddies yeah. more than anything else that like normalizing this feeling of saying like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not okay. is okay to say I'm not okay. Is okay to feel, right. um, you know, and then it's a lot of cultural, like, and then I just on oh, top totally. of all of that, not just the yeah. military culture, but like, you know, your, your, your personal culture, like in Hispanic families, like, <laughs> you know, behavior, behavior health and mental health is for white people. Like <laughs> white people go to therapists, yeah. like, we don't do that here. Yeah. Go drink some tequila, get some modelos and call it a day. Yeah, like, you're right. That's true. You know, and, and that's just how we were taught to deal with it. And it's funny because like, so me personally, like my own personal experience with this is that, you know, I do see a therapist regularly, um, you know, just because of some of my experiences and the things that I've gone through. Um, so with that said, like, you know, my biggest, my biggest struggle has always been feeling like I couldn't talk to my family about some of the things that I experienced overseas, um, mm -hmm. you know, without getting into too much, into too, too much into it. I was a first responder on a, on a, you know, on a situation where a service member died overseas. Um, and it wasn't my first time seeing somebody pass away, but it was, it was a very different situation. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's not that the death necessarily bothered like it bothered me but coming home and feeling like I had nobody to talk to about it and when the death anniversary happened I was like fuck I'm alone like uh, that yeah. was really fun that was really hard um you know because my family's like oh sorry they're there like, yeah, you know, yeah. like are you okay <laughs> yeah like, no it's oh, they're, they're there yeah well, so it's hard. And I, and I, and I think like in those, those moments of like isolation and, and feeling completely like alone or maybe misunderstood or like, you kind of just fall into like this, this sort of, and then you got seasonal depression and everything else. Right. So like yeah. having for me 
talking to somebody has been incredibly helpful, especially somebody else with a military background is like, yeah. yeah, like, you know, these are my experiences and I understand what you're going through in X, Y, Z capacity. Like, I don't, I can't relate to, right. I don't know exactly That's what you're going the, through, yeah. but I can relate in these ways, which means a lot. So yeah. Uh, but Christina, before yeah, I just, in, uh, no, but that's one of the things. Um, honestly, I like there's 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 an individual I am I am trying to work with and help now. Um, and admittedly, as I admit to them, I am not good. I am not a mental health expert. I am not good at listening to some things from time to time. Um, I may hear it, but I don't think I'm very good at conveying the message I want to convey. And I think it gets lost in interpretation on their part. And I don't know, I, I, I'm just to the point where I don't even re respond because I feel like they're, they're taking something that I'm saying that I don't intend. So I don't want to make it worse. So I just don't say anything, right? But I've tried to make aware to them, like you have a path, you have options, you just have to take advantage of them. But they don't, like that's something that that person can't, act upon you can't because, see it when you're yeah you right can't and, see and i don't understand it. that so like you said like no i don't really i don't i've never felt that like i've i've had my experiences in my career i, I i've seen and, and been a part of things that most people have had issues or some people have had issues with from the same unit i have never had an issue with that and i am grateful for not having that uh to be affected that way i i'm i don't know why but i'm just not um but Christina, what have you seen? Because I know you work around a lot. You know a lot of veterans. You, you've seen a lot of this stuff. Um, what, what's kind of your take on everything Veronica just laid out? Yeah, there, that's a lot. Um, yeah, I so, know. <laughs> so, Sorry. Um, so that, Might as well hit it. So veterans issues actually is the thing that brought me into um, defense reporting. Um, so I started... I was at ABC News, and um, I I didn't have a beat. You know, I I, I um, wanted to cover the State Department actually, um, and the guy who was doing the State Department, he was very possessive of his beat, and kind of I, I think he felt threatened. Um, yeah. And and so I uh, learned everything I could about the Afghan Afghanistan war. I was obsessed. Uh, because it was like the first war that I was really learning about. I got really, really, really obsessed with it. And, but from the state department, department angle. So it was like the civilian surge and all that stuff. But, mm -hmm. but because of that, I started learning about, you know, of course the military side and um, the military reporter producer there was totally cool with me, you know, kind of sniping from his beat and, but because he was doing the main like Pentagon stuff, I started doing veterans issues. And so I started learning a lot about um, PTSD, uh, about um, military suicide, uh, military spouses, family issues. And that's what really got me is just these stories um, of, you know, uh, heroic stories, but just, um, you know, stories of sacrifice and, you know, what uh, veterans face once they come home. And, and um, with suicide, uh, so I did cover suicide a lot. Um, and it was always very frustrating because 
there's all these programs, there's all these resources, there's, yeah. you know, military leaders talk at a very high level about caring about suicide and bringing suicide down. And, um, but it never gets to the service member. I wouldn't say never, but it, it just doesn't get to the service member who is suffering. And, and I think they've tried a lot of different things. Uh, they, I think peer to peer um, outreach works. Um, but I think, you know, it's, you know, some military leaders have said, you know, I have suffered myself from issues and depression, but that's very rare and it's still yeah. extremely rare. Well, um, and so, yeah, um, I don't, oh, I don't think they're doing enough to get rid of the stigma, but also when there is a military suicide death, it's not talked about. I mean, it's under investigation, you know, and then just stays under investigation and just goes yeah. away. So you never know. And then every year there's a report about this many suicides. So it's not, it's not, um, these stories don't really have a face and people, Americans just sort of overlook them and they don't know. You know, and there's just so much, um, just, you should, you know, call this number if you're feeling suicidal yeah, or like or, yeah. do, do that. But it, you know, you have to get to the person who is, um, actually suffering because they're suffering for many, many personal, you know, very personal reasons. Right. Um, and it's hard to talk about those personal reasons, you know, whether, whether it's money or, you know, substance abuse or whatever. And then, sorry, I don't want to, I don't want to take too long, but I would say my, my, you know, one thing I want to mention is, you know, just from my, um, years of, 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 you know, um, being around, uh, you know, service members, dating service members, there's this, there's this, uh, it seems like, yeah. <laughs> Throw I, that you in know, there. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's this kind of desire to be perfect or to sh show this, like, I am perfect. I am flawless. You know, look at me in my uniform. I am just, you know, nothing's wrong. I'm strong. I can, I can deal with it. And I, I think that makes it so much worse because you're just suppressing all these, all these issues that you need to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Veronica, before you hop in, but so that's kind of something I wanted to touch on because yes, you're, you're not wrong with that last part, but here's what I understand because again, you know, come January, it'll be 19 years for me. Right. And so when I came back from Iraq in 2004, um, my platoon sergeant and two of my squad leaders were all in desert storm. And I remember we came back and I think what it's called now is like that. What is it? The PDA, PDRHA, whatever the post deployment assessment, whatever that you do when you come back, well, we were the first ones to do it. Cause like I said, we were the first one of the, we were, well, we went in through during the invasion and we were one of the first reserve units to come out. So there was this big focus on like reserve units coming back from Iraq and I remember we had this huge survey and it was, um, this was before we did everything on computer like we do now, but it was like this big packet was given to us and we're in, uh, we're getting ready to fly out of Baghdad and they're doing all this stuff with us. And I remember all three of them, my platoon sergeant and my two squad leaders were like, don't be honest. Cause if you're honest, they're going to kick you out. Now, I don't know if that's because of what they were told when they came back from desert storm, but you know, 23 year old Eric is like, all right. No, 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 no. You know what I mean? Like, and uh, I think kind of what you're saying, a lot of that still goes on today based on both of what you guys have said is a, 
nothing can actually get to the service member unless they're honest. Not a lot of people want to be honest because of everything you just said at the end. It ties into what is the perception of the American soldier, which is at complete conflict of what we're trying to actually do, right? We're, we're trying to say it's okay for you to go seek help, but at the same time, that flies into the face of what the American soldier is perceived as through the American public. You know, this unflappable, totally infallible superhuman dude that's like or woman who can do anything and has and nothing affects them yeah but, and woman and i threw that in there and woman because you guys are all doing <laughs> stuff. you guys do a lot of stuff um, here you guys can't it like me no big deal <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of i feel like still the perception and and veronica this is what i wanted to ask you about because i don't know like when i read these stats like it's kind of like what christina said the stats there's no face to the stat, but the stat here that I'm reading is the latest numbers are from 2018 for Americans as a whole, 48,344 Americans have committed suicide or taken their lives in 2018. Going off of the numbers that we always hear, oh, is it 22 veterans a day? Is it 20? Is it a little more than that? Whatever. It's a roundabout number. You're looking at 7,300 on average veterans per year. To me, that doesn't, that doesn't seem real. So out of 48,000 yeah, uh, Americans uh, yeah. of like, what is that? One seventh or one sixth are veterans doing that? Like, I don't know. To me, that's, it, it's, yeah. it's very, it's a daunting figure, but at the same time, we can conceptualize what 7,300 veterans is. That's essentially a division is just like, yeah, gone. Right. And I, I, I think I struggle with those same numbers, right? So like the stats that I'm looking at, like, it's August 31st of this year compared to last year in 2019. As of August 31st of this year, uh, active duty has had 114 suicides. Now that doesn't- um, It's not veterans, right? Yeah. Veter yeah. That doesn't include veterans, right? but that's 100 and 114 active duty service members. It, yeah, it doesn't include reservists or National Guard yeah, either, yeah. right? Which you see a spike in, in the reservists as well. Um, in the reserve component as well versus 88 August 31st in, in 2019. Um, so I, I struggle with the numbers because depending on how you dis, you know, depending on what you're reporting, it's skewed. Yeah. Um, but to the point that you guys were making earlier about the availability of care, I think the biggest problem that I have with the way that the military handles it. And again, just from my own personal experience, mm. this is 11 years 11 years on the reserve side, six years active duty. The biggest issue that I have with it is that they fucking gloss over everything, right? Like they send you through an SRP or they just give you the questionnaire bullshit at the beginning yeah. of a deployment or at the end of a deployment. Hey, how are you feeling today? How many drinks did you have yeah. when you go in home? The last are you good? Days, have you, yeah. <laughs> right. In the last 15 days, have you had a nightmare? Like, yeah. and that's the thing. You're literally just pushed through this process like cattle. So you get your six oh, minutes in front SRP, of the, yeah. the care. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. So you get your six minutes in front of the provider and they're like, you know, just checking fucking blocks. Right. You know, cause it's some reservist guy who's like, who doesn't you know, want to make it look like he just invalidated a unit who can't deploy now because you, you, right. under, you put them under the mandatory manning percentage. Under quota. Deploy. Yeah. yeah exactly. They're exactly. Or, or even returning where they're just kind of like right. checking oh, the yep, block and they kind of just give yeah. you the, 
yeah, like they sometimes they don't even bother to make eye contact, right? So they're just like, okay, yeah, so you're good, and I, oh, you you felt your knees hurt, oh, got yeah. it, okay, yeah, go and uh, go talk to the VA. Like it's very impersonal, and it's like in in that six minute window, am I supposed to be like, hey, man, like I don't feel good, uh, like I'm yeah, exactly, I'm not sleep, I'm not sleeping right. well, I'm kind of stressed out all the time, I sort of feel anxious. Okay, like this guy's not going to take the time to talk to you, and I think that. That's what really bothers me about the way that the military does it, right? So like, and then on active duty, it's sort of, you know, you can choose to go talk to behavioral health or the chaplain's readily available to you. But again, a lot of people don't feel comfortable putting themselves in a position to be vulnerable and say, hey, I'm just not handling this well. Or I'm, you know, I don't, I feel anxious. I feel stressed out. I feel really fucking sad. Why? Is that normal? Is that okay? And it is is it's perfectly fucking normal not just for the military just as human beings like being under duress especially when you're working six to seven days a week or now when you're if you're not not, or or during a fucking pandemic right (laughs) like the insert the uncertainty and yeah active duty soldiers first and the 15th you're getting a paycheck life's pretty decent right now but that doesn't mean that they're parents who might have lost their jobs or their sister's house who's under foreclosure now or their little brother who can't make rent or whatever those things are aren't affecting them as well Mm -hmm. right like and that's what that's what sort of bothers me is that the military it's not just that the american population isn't putting a face to these suicides i feel like the military's having a hard time doing it too Oh yeah. Like there's this oh. disconnect of hey, they're these are fucking people. Every day they're people with real life crap that's happening and affecting them, yeah. just as it would any other any other person yeah. walking the street. And I think we need to be a little bit more. Yeah, don't get me started on that aspect. The, out, the outreach, <laughs> the outreach, and like yeah, and I think there needs to be a, a a better approach. And the problem is that a better approach costs money and it costs time that the military just they either need to be willing to invest it or they don't and that's yeah. that's ultimately what it is christina hop in here <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> my rant for the next yes, i know i like it it's a, it's such a interesting you know discussion and, and topic and i just kind of make little notes whenever anyone says anything that you know i, I think it's just such a great point. I mean, with the numbers thing. So, you know, uh, Eric, you said 30%. And I think yeah. um, Ronnie, 114. It's like, you know, these, it's hard to sift through these numbers. I, I read a task and purpose article. And then I, I read an AP article, and they're totally different. Uh, the AP article says, military suicides are up as much as 20% in COVID. Um, it said the army is up 30%. So I think maybe uh that's where the 30 percent comes from yeah maybe that's what it was yeah everyone tunes out and so you have the um you know i've been doing the 22 push-up challenge uh i think i've done it for like i don't know three years or so i don't know if it's helping um uh i did like a a a 22 of something every day sometimes i get really tired i do like 22 bicep curls in my robe or something. I need 22 <laughs> bourbons. Uh, no, I'm just <laughs> The 40 ounce curls. Oh, yeah. All <laughs> oh. No, but- I think, 
the last day I did 22 burpees. They were kind of like really lame burpees, but um, yeah, so I mean. Nobody so should do burpees like, on purpose. <laughs> well, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Unless you're prescribed them in a workout, just let leave the burpees alone. <laughs> Yeah, I hate burpees. 22 calories on the assault bike. Ooh, that's even worse. That's, <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Um, and so those are, you know, they seem like good ways to kind of make it real. But then you, you know, you also have, I mean, people get annoyed. It's like you post your 22 push-ups and people are like, oh, God, you know, this person just wants attention. And, you know, they make yeah. you do stuff I mean, like that. I, I think the thing with that, and it's not to not to cut you off, but I think I've seen that as well. And I, I'll be honest, like a few years ago when I first saw that pop up, my initial reaction was, oh, come on, this is like the fucking ice bucket water challenge thing. It's like, you're not doing yeah. anything. You're making yeah. yourself feel like you're bringing awareness to it. But, yeah. um, and I don't, and I'm not doing that to slight anything that you're doing. I get it. And I understand, I, I at least know who you are and know what you're involved in. But I think, my biggest issue with this, and this is what I wanted to get your opinion, both of your opinions on obviously is um, this was the number that I thought was just like, I like, I get it. But at the same time, I'm like, that's fucking insane. Like female veterans are almost two and a half times more likely to take their lives than non-female veterans. Like that's fucking ridiculous. Now we can, I can probably attribute it on a surface to what probably sexual assault, unfortunately, whatever it is, but Everything I've ever read says that you don't have sexual assault taking place in the military more than in the general public. So I don't know what I don't know what your guys's opinion on why that is in the if, um, amongst the female veteran population, why it's almost two and a half times higher. What do you think, Veronica? I don't know if I can speak to that, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I'd say sexual assault would probably be. Um, yeah sexual assault would be my first assumption to be right. completely honest with you. Um, I also, this sounds kind of shitty, but I don't think that females who are exposed to traumatic situations overseas are taken as seriously either. Does that kind of make sense? No, like, no, yeah. you know, like, Oh, like bitch, you, didn't see combat or, like, see you don't know. Right? Like, they, yeah. They see there's like this assumption, right? So like, like the situation that I was specifically, yeah. right. Like this is the situation that I was specifically in. Like I'm, I was, I, I'm IT, yeah. right. Like there was never going to be a situation where I was going to be exposed to any danger or harm. Like I'm supposed to be in cooled server rooms with air conditioning all the time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, right. So I'm in, you know, I'm in, I'm in Syria and it's a non-combat related death, but you know, a young man, passed away and for 45 minutes like I was one of the few people trying to resuscitate him and it fucking sucked like mm -hmm. I you know this young man died underneath my hands and it's it's still mm -hmm. hard to you know talk about sometimes but it, it is what it is but the again the the effects of what I experienced with a group of people was very profound and leaving that group that understood this situation that I was in this you know this you know, bubble that we were in, in Syria, mm. and then coming home and like, coming back into the world and like not having that support group anymore was, it was fucking weird. And I mean, I experienced that in as in my first deployment to Afghanistan, where like, yeah, I just had a tight knit group of friends. And then I came back and I was thrown into the to the world again. I was like, oh, this is 
Yeah. There's children. Like, why are there children? <laughs> oh, I can't curse in I can't curse in public anymore. Like, this is a problem now. Like, yeah. so just like getting used to everyday life was really weird after a yeah. completely, you know, a, a deployment where like nothing bad happened. And then after something, you know, I experienced something and like even trying to talk to my family, like, hey, how was your deployment? I was like, well, it was really, it was really good. I, I got to do all these things. I accomplished all this stuff. And this one really crappy situation happened and like trying to talk about it with them was so it got to the point where I was like I, I don't want to talk about this at all and I didn't for years I was like this is yeah. this is like fucking impossible to talk about because I felt like every time I was talking about it it made it more uncomfortable because then they were either treating me like I was you know Something's fucked wrong. up or weird yeah, exactly yeah there's yeah or like they were tiptoeing around because they didn't know what to say they didn't know how to talk to me um and luckily, like, again, like I'm in a military community and talking about it with my friends who have also been through similar situations to include other females, you know, I have yeah. one of my uh, closest friends is the combat camera over at JSOC. Like she's seen and experienced some insane oh, yeah. Those shit and like, see everything. <laughs> yeah. And like, so getting but to that talk, job yeah, has got like PTSD as like a byproduct, I would think almost. Right. Yeah. And the funny thing is that she doesn't call it PTSD. She says PTS. So she's like, it's post-traumatic stress. She's like, it's not, it's a, not disorder. a disorder. This is yeah. just something yeah. that happens. Yeah. No, she's like, cool. this is something that's that actually, happens yeah. when you go through trauma. Yeah. And I was like, girl, yes. Like I respect the that's, fuck out of that. Cause actually, it is, yeah. it's post-traumatic stress. That's actually um, pretty cool. So I respect, yeah. And I respected that. Cause like, I feel like as soon as you put disorder at the end of it, right. It's like, an automatic it's a, stigma. It becomes a stigma. There's yep. something wrong with me. Right. And there isn't, this was a natural human reaction to experiencing something traumatic. And that's, for people that went through shit as a kid, this is for people that go through things in a, you know, go through a traumatic divorce, through a child passing away, a yeah. parent, like, this is just stuff that people experience all the time. Right, it's not, um, it's not, there, there's no monopoly on the military for having it. I um, think, yeah, for, for, you know, for post-traumatic stress. So, like, and I think that maybe the thing with the, with the female military community is that there's, I guess, less I, I don't yeah. know. I, I, I feel like maybe people, maybe women are taken a little bit less seriously in certain occasions. Oh, well, I know? mean, I've already, I've seen enough just over, like I said, I've, I've been in long enough to see a lot of dumb, stupid shit and stuff that doesn't get taken seriously. But, but Christina, I wanted to ask you before you come back in on this, but um, you mentioned you wanting to learn everything you could about Afghanistan. Did you ever go over there? I did. Actually. Okay. Um, yeah, that was my, it was like my obsession from like, uh, I mean, I, I came in pretty late, but that's kind of when things started kind of heating up, I guess you would say, after the initial invasion. But um, in 2009, so from 2009 to when I finally went in 2013. Hey, I that's what I would. Obsessed. We were there at the same yeah, we were time. Together. <laughs> Veronica was hey! in Kandahar. Yeah. And I was in Kabul. So I was in, um, so I, I, I was there for a month. I started in Kabul. I went down to um, Kandahar, and then I went to Shindan in the in Ooh. the west. Okay. Did you hang out in the? Did you hang out on the boardwalk world, in uh, Kandahar? World. Yeah, I did. I did. And, the boardwalk um, wasn't the same. They yeah. they had shut most of it down, but it was still there. It was still kind of. <laughs> Fridays was terrible. The food was awful at that point. <laughs> I don't give a shit. That shawarma place was. Friday. Shawarma is always awesome. Kitties, titties. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was 
an infestation there, so I couldn't go to Fridays, but I went to um, Green Beans. Um, green Beans. Oh, yeah. Good. I mean, Green Bean is the standard at that point. Um, unless you're in Kuwait and where <laughs> Veronica and I met, uh, not one, but two Starbucks, Zone 1 and Zone 6. No big deal. Two Starbucks. Just chilling. I would hit them both up because I worked. I lived in Zone six and worked in zone one so i would go to both on my way to work but you know there were only four gyms in one pool what a shithole god fucking kuwait is awful worst deployment ever <laughs> came back with no. abs unbelievable i hate deployment. it <laughs> i did go to the gym in Kabul once with my were you, uh, was it in nkc the one in the basement no it was in a tent um it wasn't in a basement it was um were you uh, out by- were you at nkc like the new Kabul compound? Is that where you were? This was um, by uh, the Kabul airport. Okay. No, I know. Where you're, yeah, I know that gym. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was fucking <laughs> right with the little kind of, it was like a tennis court kind of. Right. It was like yeah. a big, and then there was like this like computer cafe or something. Yeah. In there. There was like, and, the, I don't know if you remember, I don't know if you ever got to work out with her, but sorry to, cause this is just me nerding out, but there was like this air force <laughs> female captain who was like super in, was it Stacia? Stacia Wassum? No. I think she so. Blonde. She, she blonde, was a, orange hair. Yeah, she was a fucking beast. Oh my God, that woman was in, I would just sit there and watch her like, I can't do any of this. <laughs> it was ridiculous. She was, she was, Veronica, like this girl was like amazing. Stupid in shape. It's just dumb. You like, imagine like the female version of Tim. Like the stuff just doesn't make sense. Like, you know what I mean? Like stupid, strong, <laughs> Can do fuck whatever. Those, fuck Doesn't those get people. Tired. I'm sorry, yeah, but I have to work I, I really. I have to work them. really hard to be moderately fit. Fuck <laughs> those people. Yes, but yeah, that was that, that was her. Yes. So yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I keep yeah. cutting Christina off. I'm sorry. So um, yeah. So that was. I mean, that was the time of my life. I know I shouldn't talk about it like that, but it was just for as a report, you know, being a reporter, just being. Yeah. No. Fuck yeah. Say that and be proud of it. Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah, because we say the same shit. Time of my life. Fuck yeah. <laughs> exactly. no, Girls I, say it. Own hey, that shit. I, I loved every one of my deployments. And Fuck I, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, I mean, hopefully I'll get to go back. and um, But uh, yeah, so I remember, um, you know, about, about the females. Um, you know, I've, I've heard stories like when they go to the VA, people are like, oh, are you here for your spouse? Or like, are you here to pick up your spouse? Blah, blah, blah. So they, I, I think it's true. They're not being taken, yeah. you know, yeah. as seriously. And, you know, they just don't get the support they need. But I remember, in, um, so when I was down in, I think this was Leatherneck, um, okay. I was like only female. So they put the reporters in this really crappy tent with these, sorry, sorry to any PAOs out there. Um, sounds like but, the transient tents in Kandahar is what it sounds like. That's what you're yeah. Describing. Oh, in Kandahar, I was- No AC, no lights, night. just <laughs> wander around aimlessly. Uh, I, Kandahar was like a, a resort. So when I went from- Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Even the connexes that well, we got so to sleep in with AC, they were fucking awesome. Oh, but this, Leatherneck, the British, the British ran Leatherneck, if I remember right. The British and the, the Marines. Marines, I thought. Yeah, Marines yeah. Are... I was gonna say the Marines, so you know they had shitty living conditions. Sorry, Marines. <laughs> there are any care. Marines out there? Yeah, but they don't. They don't need anything anyway. It was terrible. So I was in this big. I was in this huge tent, um, and they're like wooden bunks and and desks that are falling apart, and and um, it's just me, <laughs> and. <laughs> 
the Marines, yeah, it was all about drawing down at that time, right? So it yeah, was just like, which we didn't. Yeah, too. <laughs> Seven years later. My entire deployment uh, purpose was drawing down. Amazing. Six and, years later, here we are. Yeah, they didn't want me to go out and see anything because, you know, the last thing they wanted is for me to get killed. So, Or for um, you to be honest, anyway. probably. Dropping <laughs> 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 uh, the truth bombs. But, um, yeah. So. They don't like that. No. <laughs> no. I don't like that. <laughs> so, um, I was so I was out by all the contractors, right? We're talking like the um, locals, the the um, what do you call them? Like the third uh, country. Oh, TCNs, third country nationals. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So they were all like, from, I'm not sure, like Bangladesh or. Yeah. Where? Oh, yeah. Totally. Most of them are from Bangladesh, Pakistan, and India, but yeah. primarily Bangladesh. So Veronica, remember, you remember like the the, the zone the stabbing? Six? Yeah, like zones. Man, we got some yes. stories, Christina. <laughs> the, pa- the, the Pakistanis and the Indians don't like each other. Oh, there was God, a stabbing man. in the kitchen. There's all kinds of weird shit going on. It, <laughs> wow. it is rough. <laughs> I would see like signs every now and then hinting at something really disturbing, you know. But like, I never, I never saw anything. But so, I would have to go to the shower tent. And I'd have to go a long ways to the shower tent. And I'd have to pass by hundreds of these contractors and they'd all kind of hang outside of their tent. Sounds like wait. Like walk to the shower. Yeah. You know, I felt like they knew where I was going and I felt super vulnerable. And I would bring my oh, little knife yeah. with and I'd like have it in my hand. <laughs> no, this and is that's a real fucking thing. Cause that that's a cave in my shower bag. Yeah, but that was zone <laughs> six. That was the other thing in zone six. Now, I don't know if you remember, Veronica. It may have been before you got the there. Race. Or not. Yes, like that yeah. was a real fucking thing. These TCNs were assaulting soldiers, the females. Yeah. Like yeah. we literally, like it was around this time because I remember I was one of the first ones put on the, uh, hey, we're going to do, they called it, it, it's a stupid name, but that's what they called it in our division at least was sharp patrols. It was me and an O3 and we had to sit out there and like walk. The sh- like the shower areas because yeah. this shit was like this is a real fucking problem but i think it yeah. all ties into what we're talking about like oh yeah. i don't when- face that issue as a male i don't now yeah. i know males that's can- not true though oh i'm saying that's i know true. i know men can be sexually assaulted i got it however i have never felt that fucking way i've never felt oh my god i wonder if something's gonna happen to me and i can understand my because yeah. i had a ton of female soldiers when i, I was a platoon sergeant in kuwait when we met I had like 11 female soldiers. And of course I would literally wonder like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like I can't walk with every one of them. You know what I mean? Like that, that's not something they should experience or feel. That's just because I don't feel that. So they shouldn't feel anything. I don't, but that's a reality. The shower tent that I was going to one day had a zip. It like someone had unzipped it and there were no other females around. So I'm like, you know, okay, so I'm going to be like taking a shower. How yeah. someone's gonna come in I actually brought the knife and put it where you put the soap you know like i actually had it there just in case i had to like take it out and, you know yeah no but yeah all right but you see- i've had to have so many conversations with my female soldiers like every like you know my my last tour in kuwait like i bounced around i was tdy constantly out of kuwait to like syria and jordan and turkey or wherever but you know i were you going to I jtc was- in jordan 
the joint training compound there with the no okay because no, no. i was just, wondering because that's another soft that was another place i at least had all male soldiers there when i would go do side visits yeah. but i remember thinking like if there were females here like this isn't good because yeah. they were so they were sandwiched the, the female trailer was sandwiched in between the jordanian army and ours so right. they had no choice but to walk by all of them. And you got to re- remember this. I hate to say this, but it, it's just true. So I don't care whoever's listening to this and thinks like, oh, my God, you're insensitive to other. No, it's not about other fucking yeah. cultures. It's the fact that they don't fucking respect our female service members. They don't see them as service members. They see them as women. And they also see them as how they are perceived in their country, that they are not equals. That's Jordan. That's so that's only, what I'm describing. The, the only and the only thing I'll say to that is that we have a lot of American male soldiers that feel the same way. No, and I'm with sucks. you, but you, you got to at least the, admit, like yeah. we're a, we're no, a slightly sure. better. No, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and that was and that and that was and and I think like I I experienced sexual harassment in the military, but I think growing up in a Hispanic machismo household and around a lot of Hispanic men where that's very common and being raised to be very outspoken and vocal about that stuff. Like that wasn't yeah. really an issue for me. I'd be like, watch your fucking mouth. Like, you know, my, like my, <laughs> yeah, my I, 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 I never, and I was I've just, never thought after I <laughs> like, met you that you had a lot about, of issues with this, but not a lot, not every female is no, like you. <laughs> no. And, and that, and that was the issue that I saw more often than not, you know, I, I, I've, I'm in IT. I'm in a very small and specialized MOS. So if you, anybody out there knows what a 35 Tango is, there's not a whole lot of us and there's even less females. Um, so every shop I've ever been in has been all male and I've always been the only female to include the job that I have now. I am the only female technician. Um, so with that, you know, the very rare occasion I'd have a female soldier, even my male soldiers, hey, if you guys experience anything, fucking come to me i will 100 percent back you up i don't give a shit what rank who they are right. like i will get my e5 rank back they can eat a dick like fuck them like if you don't know veronica I got has you. A, she's acquired that rank a few times already <laughs> a couple times it's, it is what it is uh, yeah, exactly. six months fuck it <laughs> whatever yeah. but that's the thing like i will like i 100 like off the bat initial counseling yeah you need, you have an issue, come find me. And that's probably one of the biggest things like overseas, especially, I think you start to get like that cabin fever where being friendly is seen as flirtatious and a lot of lines get crossed. And I think that's just kind of the military in general, right? Cause you get a lot of, you get a lot of people from different backgrounds and not everybody has the same idea of like, what is appropriate? Well, what is you're describing sexual, sexual harassment sexual harassment is kind of on a scale right because what i think is appropriate and the way that i joke with my friends may be completely inappropriate to another person and their friends oh yeah absolutely. and that's the thing like right so it's, it's kind of the sliding scale of like personal comfort and so me saying something that i would say to one of my friends that i've known for years in front of you may be like oh my god yeah she's sexually harassing that person and then i get reported xyz right um, and I, and, and sex, and this is not to say sexual harassment, sexual assault, two fucking different things, right. right. And two completely different MOs, like sexual assault is like, you're a predator and you're a terrible person. And I yeah. hope bad things happen to you. Sexual harassment, on the other hand, I think is a sliding scale. 
Um, and it can be taught. I think appropriate behavior can be taught. And I think one of the best approaches that the military took to that was, hey, check your buddies. Like if you see your friend hitting on a girl who's too drunk to function or vice versa, right? take him home. Like this is not okay. Or hey, buddy, like that's not cool to say, mm-hmm. whatever. But with that said, overseas, because that line is so blurred, you right. do get a lot of instances where things are very deliberate and and they are like harassment borderlining on like verbal sexual oh, yeah. assault. Yeah. And people don't always believe, and especially men, men deal with this a lot and they're not believed at all. So the stigma for women is bad, but when it comes to men, it's fucking worse. The right. amount of sexual assaults that happen or are perpetrated against men in the military are so underreported. We don't have an accurate number of how many men actually experience this. And that's a fact and it's fucking horrible. Mm-hmm. And, and that, and again, like, how do you talk to somebody about that? Hey, I was deployed and I was sexually assaulted by another, by one of my teammates or right. by a TCN or whatever. Like men don't feel like they can talk about that shit. And again, yeah. in a six minute fucking window where you're sitting yeah, there with the primary care provider on a fucking redeployment. Yeah. Right. So like, Hey, uh, how was your tour? Fine. Yeah. yeah. Cause you just want to go home. But I mean, think yeah, about what you we're just saying. Go the fuck home. Yeah. Christina, before you hop back in here, but kind of what she's talking about. So let me, let me, let me just go back into where Veronica and I met in, in court, <laughs> right? Yeah. So there we were, no shit. There we were CrossFit Eric John, right? All doing the CrossFit thing. But keep it. What, what was our core group, right? There was yourself. There was me. There was Rob, Tim, yeah. both officers, company, great officers. There was Lindsay, female nurse officer, um, Sarah, E5. Like we were this mixed but it Just was a grab di- bag. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it was, but that's not like the way we were around each other was as if we weren't in the military. Right. But if we separated and we saw each other outside of that gym, it, there wasn't the assumption. Yeah. It was like, like, Oh, Hey Rob, t-, you know what I mean? Like we were very Sir. professional with each other, but at the yeah. same time there was, when we were in the gym, we were just fucking, we were just fucking, we worked out together. That's what we did. And we, we were buddies. Each yeah. Other. yeah. We were buddies. Um, but I know for a fact, because my, my LT, because I was a platoon sergeant, my platoon leader came to me at some point and was like, hey, I've, I've been hearing like, maybe you guys are a little inappropriate with each other at times in the gym. And I'm like, you're probably right. But there's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you probably, yeah. Who, if someone walked by us and knew our ranks and heard the way we spoke with each other in that setting, then yeah, there, there would probably be some you know, they'd probably be a little disheartened by that, but we all coached. So we all coached like people from different. And even when you're in a coaching setting, I'm talking to Lieutenant colonels and fucking Fulberg colonels. Like, Hey, fuck it. You're, you're fucked up. Your form sucks. Hey, fix that, sir, ma'am, whatever. I know you know how to fucking hip thrust. Let's go. But I could only do that because I was a coach. But at the same time, you know, I was a fucking E7 and I'm talking, but you're very right in that there is that whole thing where the military, especially on deployments, especially to deployments to Kuwait, where the lines are blurred because we're around each other in settings that we're not normally are in the stateside, that it creates a level of comfort, I would mm-hmm. say, and sometimes a false level of comfort. Mm-hmm. And you do or say things that you probably shouldn't. Um, I won't pretend I'm not guilty of that. I'm probably said some dumb stuff before, but whatever. Um, fortunately I never did anything stupid and I never fortunately had anything done to me stupid. Right. So that's great. 
Um, but anyway, uh, fucking Christina, hop, hop back <laughs> in here. <laughs> Christina's like, I'm a reporter. I'm documenting all this. <laughs> this is the hot scoop. <laughs> Christina, what are you sipping on this evening? Yeah, is that water? That's how fucking mason jar is what that is. You missed, you missed <laughs> last week. She had this huge okay. fucking martini glass. Yeah, so that was like a lemon drop, but I didn't have my trusty bartender uh, making a drink for me tonight. Where the fuck is Aaron? Aaron, what are you doing, bro? Where are you at? He's there. He's getting the stink eye right now. <laughs> last, I love week, it. last week, Aaron's in the background just walking by with like a mask on. Like he's just <laughs> like, like fucking Bane? What's happening? Yeah. What, what did I miss? I, I, I wanted to point it out, but I was like, I'm just going to let it fly. But yeah, he like walks behind Christina with a mask on. I'm like... You guys wear masks in your own apartment with each other? <laughs> we we like to keep safe at home, okay? <laughs> you know, no, there's, there's, there's some role playing going on. There's some role playing is what that is. That's fine. You guys do what you do. Hey, you know what? I don't kink shame. Y'all nope. do you. Not here. We are, we are, we are. Weeks. What is the word? We, let your, we, let uh, your freak flag fly. Fly it. Ow. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, Christina, you got anything to add to that before we we transition on to some uh, more lighthearted instances? I I can't even. Well, speak. is is politics? For, yeah, politics. I think at this point I don't is even more I can't even speak. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> words my, are hard. When I was when I went to Afghanistan in 2013, my boyfriend at the time um, he was a. Um, I, I'm always wary of what I say, you know, because I never know who's going to watch. I, I don't know if he's, he's going to watch, but anyway. So I was, I was doing this guy and he like so thoroughly scared me about guys, you know, at military guys that yeah. I- he sounds very he, secure already. <laughs> <laughs> sounds and, like there, I think we just highlighted why he's an ex. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and so it was so 100%. funny because- so we went shopping for a little like deployment clothes and I got like most giant contractor style pants. Like I look like <laughs> pop, like were they 5'11 tactical? Is that what yeah, they were? Yeah, they were. They were <laughs> and I looked probably just so funny. Like who the hell is this person? Cause I was wearing like these baggy ass clothes, long sleeve, like long pants and like no one talked to me <laughs> you know <laughs> i'm like hey what's what's going on here but there was like you know i would just i was so on guard like so i'd go into um the, the defect right on cobble and um i forget what the base is what what it was called but um so I go into phoenix? The and, no no not phoenix um the you know near the cobble airport it was like right next oh okay to yeah, yeah, yeah okay Kaya is what we called it at least. Kaya! Yeah, Kaya. Well, no. There you go. Yeah, gotcha. I'd walk into the defect and I'd just look at all the people around me because I was, you know, one of the, there were females, but there were way more males. And I was just like, so like, oh, you know, I'm just going to get my food. I'm just going to sit. You know, I would like go back to the table and just eat by myself, like all alone, afraid to talk to people. It was, I was such a, nerd and I, I gained weight everyone said I'd lose weight but I was eating I was going to the defect like three times a day I was eating dessert um so I was yeah, yeah. the food in Afghanistan was great it was, <laughs> oh, so good. and Iraq 
Yeah. Delicious. What I don't understand fuck? why we haven't figured this out stateside, but apparently you have to leave the United States to get good yes. dining facility food. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Midnight chow is oh, always so good. Midnight chow should be everywhere. Not just all in the, the military. Chow. All the hours of Exactly. Chow. Anyone who's watching this, if you want to have midnight chow, yeah. just do it. If you get up in why the middle the of the night, can I not eat. have steak? Can I have yes. steak and eggs at all hours make of the a day? Like, what the omelet. Fuck? I don't yeah. get it. Make the omelet, make the bacon, eat it, and go back to bed. That's how we do this. Right? <laughs> you get like uh, food stir fried for you on the stove. Oh, yes. I'm about, to go, really I'm about to go sign up for a deployment. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> Just for the food. It's just for the food. I would chocolate milk all the time just because they had it, you know. Can you imagine this was like World War II? People are like, yeah, I think I'll just go fight the Germans so I get some good food. <laughs> I hear the food's great. I'm just going to go fucking fight Nazis. <laughs> oh, and the Turks, they were run, they had like a little um, Turkish coffee bar. They were in charge of the espresso. Uh, Turkish coffee is an amazing. I make it. I make, I have some. I make it. Great. Come on out, babe. That's so yeah, good. Done. We're just sitting here. There goes Matt. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a good, it was a good time. But uh, yeah, so that's all I would add about the sexual harassment. No one sexual, sexually harassed me. I will assure you this. You were there a month. You, you give it enough time. It'll probably mm-hmm. unfortunately take place at some you know, point. So I'm like a deployment seven, I think. Like, <laughs> like you have a deployment scale. <laughs> Maybe eight on a good day if I do some makeup. <laughs> but like deployment seven. You know, but like I, I it's funny. Yeah, there it is. It's finally hit. But it's it's funny. Twenty or like thirty. Come on, girl. Thanks. Look, you know what? It's it's funny because like, go ahead. No, no, I'm not gonna say it. Maddie's gonna get mad at me. No, I'm just so I I think for me, like, (laughs) I've been on, I've been on, I've been on three tours. I've been to Afghanistan, Iraq. Jordan, Turkey, Syria. Yeah, you went to Syria. Um, I'm a little jealous. I've been all over the do that. Yeah, oh, dude, Syria is fucking gorgeous, and it's uh, awful well, what's happening. So was Afghanistan. Beautiful country. Uh, I mean, beautiful country. The entire yeah. Middle East is beautiful, but unfortunately, beautiful. I can't. I specifically can't go there without getting my fucking head chopped off, and I'm a little upset That's about true. that. You can't go there without getting your head chopped off. I'm blonde hair and green eyes. I got stopped in Jordan. They're like, "You from here?" And I'm like. No, Mexicans, different brown people. I'm sorry. You can at least dress the part. I can't. I'm a fucking white dude with blonde hair and green eyes. Heads getting chopped off as soon as I touch down on the airport. Dude, you could just pretend to be one of like the fucking Kazakhstan people. Because all like Alexander the Great's fucking- All I can do is this. This is it. I can't. Afghan Russian. Right, that's what I'm saying. They got like the red beards and shit. You'll be fine. (laughs) Oh, I wish I was. I wish I was. No, I would love to, honestly, I would love to visit. I've said that since I went to Iraq in 2003, I would love to visit. I can't. Iraq was fucking beautiful. Like the Tigris and the Euphrates, those rivers, like the riverbanks, the the massive wild fucking palm trees. I think the tile, dude, the, like the actual like architecture is, I've been to like two of Saddam's palaces. Like, yeah, I got to go to one. Just the architecture. Oh, Dude, God, the architecture is yeah. unreal. Just beautiful. And like, 
But think of every you were in sad. Syria. Look look at everything that fucking ISIS destroyed, like historically. Every, everything. Everything. But it's, you know what I will and that's a that's a story for another day, dude. But like I had an amazing time in Syria. I believe it. Despite the horrible things that happened. So I've heard but just to, to, heard things. to, ra- to wrap up my, my point, it's funny because like one of the biggest things about sexual assault in the military, you know, like we're constantly told, like, be careful what you wear. Don't wear this. And I had a sergeant major that told me that at one point. Yeah, which makes and he no was like, sense. I want right, exactly. And I'm like, <laughs> in the fucking you know, army. I, well, I think what really upset me about the whole thing was like, you realize that sexual assault happens regardless of what you're wearing, right? Like, yeah. nobody's looking at me in my black and gold PTs and saying, mm, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking tear that apart. No. Like, nobody Never. that doesn't happen, right? <laughs> And that's the thing, like if somebody's going to attack you and somebody's going to assault you, it's because of a completely different psychology yeah, exactly. and a completely different set of reasons. That's on like them. That, it's not on, yeah, it's, right. It's it on has them. nothing to do with what I'm wearing or what I'm doing. Right. So to, to kind of wrap up like a positive story, well, sort of positive story, I was getting ready to deploy on um, my first deployment to Afghanistan and I was deploying with combat engineers, right? Which are like just goons like <laughs> combat engineers are just goons speaking so, of which veronica you need to join us on our weekly goon zoom that we do okay first off this is the second time you've mentioned it and i still don't have an actual invite so i don't want to hear it. every wednesday uh we didn't do it this week uh, there was one but it wasn't the official one but there will be one next week because specifically it's the first wednesday after the election which is what we're going to cover next but no you're absolutely welcome I just want you to know what you're getting into because you're like your own entity. And most of these people don't, they don't align with you, but you'll get along with them because you can hold your own. Big big surprise. That's like the, yeah, I was about to say, you'll be fine, but yeah, no, you know what? I'm sending you the link next Wednesday. We need to get you. Deal. I'm in. All right. Six o'clock. Same time. We're doing this now. Okay. I'm in. All right. So So real quick, I deploy with all these goons. And we get ready to go out and I'm like, you know, I'm a little party animal. I'm like 22 at the time. I'm like, Hey, we'll meet at this bar. It'll be fun. <laughs> and I'm, I'm married for like 20 minutes at this point. So me and my now ex-husband, true. When I met uh, Veronica, my 20, my 20 married. minute ex-husband. Or you were engaged. No, no, no. I was divorced. Were... At the, no, I was divorced at that. Oh no, that was no, no, you were engaged. That's a whole other thing. You were engaged. He thought we were engaged. I never said yes. <laughs> so, no, I was not. <laughs> All right. Well, there the we intent go. Was there. <laughs> so, so we go, uh, so we go to this bar pregame, check the place out and the bartender actually roofied myself, my ex-husband and the two friends that we showed up with. Well, yeah. So f- it turns out <laughs> this, is in Augusta, this is in Augusta, Georgia. So it turns out that this seedy ass bar apparently has a reputation for this. I didn't know that. Um, I also found out after the fact that apparently bartenders will roofie a woman and the guys that she's with because it's easier to get to the girl, right? So I've had one drink. I can have a few drinks and be pretty okay. Um, But I had one drink and I was blacked out, fucked up. And it was my combat engineer buddies that got me and my ex-husband to our hotel room, made sure we were okay, checked on us in the morning, brought us food, brought us water, made sure we had our wallets and our cell phones. So like the notion that like, oh, vulnerable women just get attacked for the sake of being attacked by men is this like asinine theory to me. Like, and the fact that the military preached that for so long 
piss me off because I feel like I was in a, if anybody could have been attacked and would have never known, it would have been me in that situation because I, I don't know. And I had, I was fully dressed. Like I had a, apparently I fell down at one point, but like, you know, I got back to my hotel room. All of my stuff was there. All my clothes was on. My ex-husband was on the bed. Yeah. Like <clears throat> we were good. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's one of those things. Like I, I feel very, very strongly about the fact that good people yeah. are, there are predominantly good people in the military. Do we yeah. let some psychos and some sociopaths in? Yes, I got it. You can't screen everybody. It is what it is. But for the most part, yeah. for the most part, most people are good people, especially yeah. especially service members kind of and service members described. towards females. Yeah, because what you described has always been my experience. I have never been in nothing yeah. but a, a mixed unit, male, females. And everywhere I've gone from day one to now, any male or female in that unit, we're brothers and sisters. And that's it. Do, yeah. do, does some fraternization does like does that go on yeah it's fucking males and females like let's yeah. not pretend that that's not natural but at the same time that's in every corporate environment exactly everywhere right. everywhere but in my experience i have been very fortunate and that's why it's disheartening to read these things because i've never seen it i literally i i have seen one actual sexual assault case in my 19 years but for the most part it's everything you just described if i was ever at a unit or if i we were ever deployed or we were on an annual training and we're out every one of us it's brother and sister that's how we're dealing with each other and that's how i've always been brought up it, no matter what but unfortunately these stats aren't coming out of nowhere so clearly there's some there's something else is going on but it's just not in my experience my my purview my perspective got it um, or not Veronica, Christina, get us one final comment on this we stuff. Have if, you dark hair, girl, that's why. Yeah, if you, if you got nothing <laughs> on it, great. Well, we'll transition and we'll, we'll make our little predictions and we'll get the hell out of here. But, uh, you got anything else? Um, I would just say on that last point, there's some, uh, horny females too. Thank you. <laughs> oh, yes. There are some females that take advantage of the fucking system. Thank you. That's why we have Veronica on here to keep it real. And uh, Christina's backing her up because it's true. We'll talk yep. on there will be banter. Real banter. Write that down. So, all right. So you've heard everything yeah. we've had to talk about tonight regarding uh, the suicides in the military and how they are up based off of uh, a variety of factors. Most, most uh, obvious would be the, the, the COVID-19 shutdowns through the economy and just how it is as, as a whole. We didn't get into some of the other things, but uh, before we get out of here, it would be uh, pretty non-observant on our part to not make mention of the fact that in a few days, four, there will be the 2020 presidential election. I am gonna go to Christina first and get her prediction on when we come back on There Will Be Banter, episode nine <laughs> next week, who will be our president-elect, in your opinion? I'm out of alcohol. I think this is really hard. Um, I think it could be, <laughs> I think it could be Trump because it all comes down to voter registration and who turns out. And right. it just seems that there's a lot of excitement. I mean, there's excitement on both sides, 
but there's a, there's a, there's been like a surge of excitement in the last couple of weeks um, for Trump. And did you see Lil Wayne came out yeah. and he endured yeah. Trump today? Uh, uh, not just him, but Ice Cube's come out. There's been a several high-profile rappers who've come out, and I don't know how much that affects turnout one way or the other. But it, I mean, it is it worth doesn't. mentioning. Yeah, I'm with. I don't think it affects, but it is worth mentioning because, I mean. Let's be honest. When when ninety four percent of one race in the country votes one way, I think that's a problem on its own. I mean, we we, we should be a little more open to just you know voting because no one it, no one questions what the percentages of white people are, but it's like oh black black Americans have to vote this way or you know I don't know maybe you could speak to the Asian or the Chinese American vote. I don't know what it means, but for whatever reason, white people can vote forever they want. Everyone else has to be one way as far as what yeah it, it's kind of weird like just being chinese american but my dad is actually part creole um so oh, my great brother is creole and and so i haven't ever fallen into like one category ever you we know gotta discuss um, that dichotomy one day that's interesting <laughs> right oh I mean, wait chinese and creole. i want some stir fried jambalaya yeah, girl, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, <laughs> aren't you guys aren't you guys making taco Seriously. casserole for dinner right yeah, exactly. yes taco casserole i'm waiting to like get the equivalent <laughs> can, the best food in this country is from mixed taco taco pies over there or taco, whatever. Pies. <laughs> taco pie thursday or whatever day whatever. i do love to eat i do love to eat we all do and it is hard hard to lose weight <clears throat> i too have to work work very very hard i feel um, you're <laughs> 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 so all right so uh christina is uh she thinks trump and veronica as christina takes it so what do you think i i predict uh i predict biden and i the only but my my caveat to that is that i think biden's gonna take i think biden's gonna take the popular vote um mm -hmm simply because of the uh, the statistics of the um, early voting turnout has been predominantly Democratic. But again, a lot of Republicans are planning on voting the day off, from yeah. my understanding. So we'll see. I do think that because so much uh, talk has happened about election fraud, I think there's going to be, I think when Biden wins, it's going to be a huge fucking upset. And that's I'm predict I'm like I'm I'm I'm, I'm fuck fuck who wins I'm predicting <laughs> an absolute shit show regardless of who wins that's right. my prediction it, no it's and so yeah you're absolutely right because that's my my thing the way I am at this point I feel the reaction to whoever wins will be the exact same yeah if Biden wins shit's gonna go down if Trump wins shit's gonna go down and. I am very fortunate in my, my, my friend group, my peer group, whatever. I, I, I know people from both sides. I know people who are very well connected to both sides. And um, the consensus that I've been able to deduce at this point is that Trump's going to win. And I don't <laughs> say that. Yeah. I don't say that with any real, uh, conviction i just know what i've been told or or what the perception is and uh one of the things that really kind of made me finally move more to that side is that 
CNN runs a national poll one week prior to the election. God, why are you watching CNN? You no, I don't watch suck. it. I just see it on Twitter. But I, the, the funny thing was, like, I, it, was, it was actually Jake Tapper's account that tweeted it out. It was the October 23rd to the 26th poll. It's their final national poll before the election. And they have, pres- or they have Vice President Biden up eight points. And so the first thing I think, let me see what this poll was in 2016. So, of course, I Google it. And Hillary Clinton was up 12 points in 2016. So I can't remember the term. I wrote it down. I've already forgotten it. But there, I, I think, number one, polling is antiquated in 2020. It was antiquated in 2016. It's primarily done through landline phones. I know this. I was a fucking political science major. It's silly. Polling is silly. Um, but there's also, I think, a very real <clears throat> preference bias. Whereas I say that as if these people are inclined to answer or respond to a poll, they're not going to just volunteer the fact that they're Trump, they're pro-Trump. I just don't think they will because they're made to feel as if that's a problem. No one is made to feel. I'm going to tell if- you right now that all of the fucking Trump and MAGA flags in my neighborhood disagree with you. No, that you're, you're in a very you're, oh, right, but you're you're in a very conservative in a red area. state. Right. So, um, but overall, my point is this: that I just I don't I don't think. Any of the polling is accurate, and uh, I won't be surprised either way. If Biden wins, whatever. If Trump wins, whatever. But I do think at this point today, I do think uh, there will be a president reelect for Donald Trump. And we'll figure it out, and we'll talk about this next week. So, ladies, you got any uh, parting shots? You want a parting shot? No? Veronica? Finish my drink. <laughs> a little bit left. <laughs> you just made her drink more with your. A little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I, I think you're right. Um, I don't know if you guys follow Jesse Kelly. He's kind of a. I do. He, he, I know he's a, he's, he's an thing, interesting guy. You know. <laughs> his whole thing is to be a sexist jerk, right? And he does yep. it for fun, and he seems like he's a good father and a good husband and all, but. I remember when he came out, uh, you know, a long time ago with the with the coronavirus. He's like, you know, we 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 can't lock down. Um, I don't know what he said about the mask, but he predicted like all these terrible consequences because of the lockdowns. And I, I, you know, I was I remember being like pretty terrified in the beginning, and so I was, you know, but months later, I'm like, you know, he might he might have had a point. And then so about a week ago, he predicted that Trump is going to win re-election. Um, because people just vote for the incumbent. He said, normally they do, you know, historically they do. And so I'm kind of, um, he is actually kind of a smart guy. So yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll get him to, to watch it well, now. But, and that, um, that does, I think you're right. Um, but it also ties into my thing is uh, I talked about this with economy. earlier. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we had a good bounce back today. But um, so- Maddie, it kind of feels the same way that we're, she thinks Trump will win. But when you talk about the incumbent thing, it go, this is why I come back to like, if there was ever a more vulnerable incumbent, it was President Trump. Yeah. And for whatever reason, the Democrats sided with not option one, two, three, even option four, they went with the guy who was never even top four in any primary ever, and they nominated Joe Biden. And that's why I just, for the life of me, this shit just doesn't make any fucking sense. 
And I guess we'll figure it out around this time. We'll start having a clearer picture on Tuesday around this time next week. But no, I'm with you because the incumbent, the op, the, the, there's no, how can there be excitement for this guy on the, on the opposition? Maybe it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie and like Joe Jorgensen wins. Well, I told you. What a twist. (laughs) There's 500 million votes for Jorgensen. <laughs> I think Kanye should someday run for public office in the future. I don't. He's got like he's diagnosed with bipolar disorder. No, that, I think that, he'd be that, the that most does ridiculous. Not need to be making decisions. He just needs to make music. He can't even make shoes. God, what is his clothing line? The fuck? Oh, so expensive is all I'm saying. Like I there's, would, the ugly, I would there's some of the ugliest shoes I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and the fact that like people will buy anything you put a celebrity name to. That's all it is. Hundred dollars crazy the yeezy slides they're like what 500 600 bucks or something and then they're like sweats you know sweatpants and sweatshirts as much as a fucking wedding dress it's ridiculous it's all it's all made in wuhan i'm just saying (laughs) (laughs) you're picking stuff up now Uh, yeah Yeah, that's what i do all right we're we're gonna get the hell out of here remember look you, you may not think like all of us but you probably think like one of us all right there will be banter. Mm. This was episode, I don't know, eight. Next week's nine. But either way, we'll be back here next week. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, we'll have Ron fresh off his uh, hunting for peasants or pheasants, whichever. I don't know. He's probably doing both. That's what retired spooks do. Uh, thank you to Veronica. Thank you to for Christina. Um, we'll see you next week. There will be banter. Adios.